Welcome to the Winner's Guide to Losing Football Bets. I am your host, Paul. Joining me is Dan. Happy New Year. Adam. Offensive pass interference. And Aaron. Biscuits and gravy. This is our last show before the new year. It's been a long holiday season. I'm looking forward to getting past this point and into the playoffs. I will apologize for not posting the episode last week. It ended up being a busy weekend, and after a disappointing Monday night football game, which deflated my 49ers ego balloon, as well as knocking me out from the championship game in my fantasy football league, it was a rough one for me. Sad. I haven't even uploaded that episode to my computer, so I don't even know how well it came out. Um, The lost episode, when Paul had a sad. One thing I do know how well it came out is the marriage between the Denver Broncos and Russell Wilson. And while San Francisco could not give me the gift of solidifying themselves as the most dominant team in football, Football Santa did have one gift hiding behind the desk, as Russell Wilson has been benched and has been announced the team plans on releasing him in the offseason. This isn't going to solve all of the Broncos' issues, and depending on the manner in which they release Wilson will dictate what they do moving forward, as if they release him prior to June, blah, 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 80 million here, 40 million now, whatever. Uh, What I have heard is they plan on releasing him at the beginning of the new league year, which is months before June, so if you're keeping score, So if that is the case, in two years, this new ownership group will have been okay with the signing of Nathaniel Hackett and the massive trade for Russell Wilson, because as they weren't yet owners, they would have wanted to hit the ground running. They were then okay with extending Wilson, which is fine, but did it need to come that soon? Then they fired Nathaniel Hackett after week 16, then allowed the trade of a first-round pick this year and a second-round pick next year for Sean Payton who then dumps on the previous year's team as if he's coming in and will be a miracle worker only to have the worst loss in Broncos history and loses a game they needed to win against a terrible New England team and now they are going to destroy their salary cap situation next year which means they will be cutting players left and right and it will take years to reestablish faith with free agents that Denver is a good place to sign. I don't give the Washington Commanders much credit for how they operate and they've earned that. But for first-year owner Josh Harris, he has let the season play out. No rash moves, no knee-jerk reactions. He's operated the organization patiently, and I think it's clear to Harris and the world the direction and decisions which need to be made in Washington to rebuild that franchise. Denver has been so frenetic, I don't know that anyone knows who should be still a part of this franchise. God, there's so much here. (laughs) Do you clean house and get rid of the GM and Peyton? Can you find a team desperate enough to trade for Russell? I'd say the Browns, but where the fuck did Flacco come from? Because last year's New York Jets certainly didn't have this version. Spicy. The reason why this was the best Christmas present I could receive is because it reminded me that despite a demoralizing loss on Monday night, I can still root for a foundationally strong football team. A team who also made a big trade for a quarterback, but was not buried by that move. A team who also needed a clean house, but with an owner who had learned and grown into the position. I know with this current regime in San Francisco that every year will have high expectations, and that is far more enjoyable to watch, despite the results of Monday night, than a 2-14 season or giving up 70 points to the Dolphins. Is that little asshole finished? I don't know what you can say after that. 
in regards to this situation. That uh, was pretty much all-encompassing. Being that it sounds like Russell Wilson will be on the market and that, uh, you know, with the recent struggles of Brock Purdy, I'm, I... I think the 49ers might want to... No, I'm just... <laughs> I am just kidding there. Um, uh, I, it's not a surprise. It was, I think it was a dumpster fire at the beginning of the season. They staved it off a little bit uh, there in the middle and recently with some wins, and now it's going to go full dumpster fire again. And I'm just going to sit back and uh, watch. I have never cared what has happened with Russell Wilson. Uh, I still don't. I haven't been following it. Uh, they fire him, fine. They trade him, fine. Whatever. I think what you're trying to say is, I used to not care about Russell Wilson. I still don't, but I used to too. <laughs> so you guys know I don't follow football. But uh, ostensibly the Broncos don't have anything to play for in the next couple of weeks. And if, if Russell Wilson gets hurt... They suddenly have a very expensive Aaron Rodgers situation on their hands, so it makes some sort of sense to bench him here. But the real issue is that Sean Payton does not like Russell Wilson and wants everyone to know it. The problem is Sean Payton, Sean Payton wants a Drew Brees, and unfortunately there are very few Drew Breeses in football, and I don't think any of them want to play for Sean Payton and the Denver Broncos. The only Drew Brees in the league right now is Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy. <laughs> what right. about Trevor Lawrence? His nose is too prominent. Oh, hmm. anti-Semitic. You know what they say about a guy with a large nose, right? He smells great. <laughs> 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 so there's only one Saturday game. I don't get that, as there are no more Monday night games. But that's uh, Detroit at the Dallas Cowboys. Damn. Uh, you know, looking at this one, the Cowboys have struggled recently, which... Is uh, I'm very delighted about, uh, but the Lions have also the Lions. You know, I just don't know where to put them. They, they're still leading their division, but they come out and they they struggle and lose to the Bears, right? And then the Cowboys. You know, they they do great against teams with losing records and when they're playing at home. Fortunately, they are playing at home this year this week, but they're playing a team that does not have a losing. Record. I think that the Lions actually bounce back here and could potentially win, but I think at the minimum they're going to cover that five-and-a-half spread. Both teams have had a really amazing season. I generally don't like the Dallas Cowboys, but this season they've been fun to watch, and so have the Lions, who have just been terrible for decades. And this season they've just its been fun. I really want to root for the Lions, but I'm going to give it to the Cowboys just for the home field advantage. Uh, so for my pick, it's the Cowboys. Yeah, my math says the Cowboys are only going to win by five, but I'll bump them up one point for playing at home. I've got the Cowboys. So the media has been hard on both the Dolphins and Cowboys' ability to play top-tier teams and win. And that came to a head last week, and I thought both teams played well. And rather than viewing the that game as who lost, I see it as who won. The Cowboys shouldn't take any shame in losing to the Dolphins, and I think they might be turning a corner. I am happy the Detroit fans can celebrate their first division championship since 1993, which puts the Browns as the only team to have not won their division in this century. In fact, the Browns have 
In fact, the Browns have to go back to 1980. <laughs> In fact, the Browns have to go back to 1989 since their last championship. That's almost one Deshaun Watson sexual assault per year. <laughs> I'm taking the Cowboys. Miami Dolphins at the Baltimore Ravens. Adam. So this week we're pitting the best offense for Miami versus the best defense from Baltimore. Uh, I think this is going to be a slugfest game. It's going to be fun to watch. Uh, Miami covers and has a decent shot at winning Miami. The Dolphins were one of the three games I got right last week, although now I'm learning that no one knew that, so I probably shouldn't be admitting it. Uh, but they had a good win over the Cowboys, but the Ravens were on fire last week. Part of that, I think, was the resentment over not being favored, which they won't have this week. My math says the Ravens are only going to win by two, so what the heck, I'm going to go with the math and say Ravens by a field goal, so I've got the Dolphins. The Dolphins will be without Jalen Waddell. Tua Tunga-Vailoa, Tyreek Hill, Raheem Mostert, and Devon Achan are all banged up and iffy. This team relies on its speed. Baltimore looks like the front runner in the AFC, but a Dolphins win will put them as the one seed. I'm still going Baltimore as I'm still not convinced of Miami's toughness as the Cowboys are fake tough. Uh, simply put, the Dolphins are not as good as the Niners. And we all saw what the Ravens did to the Niners. A lot of, a lot of that was self-inflicted by the 49ers in the second half. There were a few turnovers. There were a few. Not all of them were specifically on. There were tip balls and everything. And if you look at that, that 49ers game against the Ravens, the Niners had over 200 yards of offense in the first half. I mean, they were able to move up. And down. We're not talking about that game. We're, we're not talking about that game. Yeah, but sorry. the Niners actually did out, outperform the Ravens. I mean, you brought they're it up. Right. The Niners outperformed the Ravens, but because of all the turnovers. Turnovers. And and like I said, that was in San Francisco. The Ravens are playing in Baltimore now. And as I said, the Dolphins are not as talented across the board as the 49ers are. Um, and I don't see them uh, winning this game. I don't. I, I think the Ravens cover this three and a half fairly easily. San Francisco 49ers at the Washington Commanders. Aaron. 49ers let me down big last week, but prior to that they were doing pretty good at covering the spread. Picking the favorite regardless of point spread was pretty bad for me last week, but my math has the 49ers winning by 21, so I think they got two touchdowns in them. I've got the 49ers. So far this season, I have yo-yoed between San Francisco being the best team to playoff frauds, to Brock Purdy and Christian McCaffrey co-winning the MVP, to Brock Purdy has been exposed and wishing we had Jimmy Garoppolo back. You never said that. That is a lie. I never thought about Jimmy, which tells me all I need to know about this team. The Commanders players are playing for a paycheck at this point, which makes them dangerous. The pressure of a paycheck is less than the pressure of a championship. And with San Francisco's injuries and the 49ers traveling east on a short week, I have the commanders covering but losing. Hmm. Interesting. I, too, am going with the 49ers here. It's a big spread. You're right, it's tough to travel across cross-country, but I think they will get back on the winning tradition of uh, winning by more than two scores. You know, actually, my biggest concern here... Uh, you know, going off of Paul's uh, comment on, on the injuries, is that historically the fielding in Washington 
has been bad and people have gotten injured on that field. Um, so I know the 49ers are still in the, 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 the front seat for winning the number one seed. They need to win this game and the next game to, to pretty much guarantee that. Um, I think that they can strategically win this game without all of their starters playing. Brock Purdy is uh, dealing with a stinger, which can be a recurring thing, uh, but he's going to be good to go. I think he's going to have a little bit of a bounce back game here. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping to have enough points that in the second half we see a, a lot of the backups starting to come in and play and just uh, uh, roll out the rest of the game. And that's all I'm going to say about that. So, Which who, makes for pick? a backdoor cover. No, I, I, I'm taking the 49ers to win, actually, right. to cover the 14. Well, for me, after uh, last week's poor performance by the 49ers against the Ravens, uh, I've lost a little bit of confidence in San Francisco, so they're going to win. I don't have any doubt about that, but it's not a stretch to say that Washington could uh, likely cover, so I'm going to go with Washington for covering. Pittsburgh Steelers at the Seattle Seahawks. You know, some might ask, Paul, why didn't you have the Cincinnati Bengals versus the Kansas City Chiefs game here instead? It's a great question, and all I can say is, I didn't see it when I was selecting these matchups, and I had already sent out the text on who we would be covering. And so, because of my mistake, I have now forced everyone to talk about Mason Rudolph and Geno Smith. Who? Two career backups looking to sneak their way into the playoffs. But more importantly, Mike Tomlin needs one more win to maintain a perfect non-losing season in his career. He has 16 seasons of not finishing below 500. He needs this one because next week is Baltimore, and if Baltimore needs to win out to win the top seed, well, just watch the condensed version of this last Monday Night Football game. Mm. I'm taking the Steelers. Looking at my card here, apparently I have circled the Seahawks. <laughs> Not a lot of reasoning behind that. It's a home game. The Seahawks do still have something to play for. They are fighting for a wild card position. I believe they're currently in yes. the wild card, so a loss here could potentially drop them out with the Rams, who we did not talk about, but I, I believe the Rams are, are better positioned to uh, get into that wild card spot. Packers are in the hunt. Hunt. Um, where was I going? Seahawks. Uh, yes, I'm going with the Seahawks just because they're playing in Seattle and weird things happen in Seattle. Okay, a Seahawks win guarantees them a playoff spot. That is if Green Bay and Minnesota tie this week. <laughs> That's definitely going to happen. <laughs> I think this game is going to be close, and I can see a field goal deciding it. And if that's the case, either way, Pittsburgh covers. So I'm going with Pittsburgh. Yeah, my math has this one at a tie. Normally I would deduct points from the Steelers for not having a quarterback, but Mason Rudolph did well against the Bengals, and even Mitch Trubisky beat the Colts. So I think they can keep this one close. I've got the Steelers. And finally, on Sunday night, the cream of the crop, the cream that rises to the top, the, okay, I have no more cream aphorisms. No, the, the creme de la creme. Nice. The Green Bay Packers at the Minnesota Vikings. Damn. You know what? 
I'm just going to keep this real simple here. Packers, woo. <laughs> the Packers defense has done a great job lately at making opposing quarterbacks look good. It's a must win for either team this week nice. to keep playoff hopes alive. All that being said, I'm just going to go with Green Bay. Packers, woo. I can't. <laughs> I just can't. Just when I think I'm out, they pull me back in. And just when I think I'm in, they kick me in the face. They lost to the Giants. They lost to the Buccaneers. And they barely, just barely beat the Panthers. My math has the Vikings only winning by one. But that's a sucker bet. Vikings by at least ten. I've got the Vikings. You are a horrible fan. <laughs> but they're a horrible team. <laughs> they are. So, rookie Jaron Hall will be starting at quarterback for the Minnesota Vikings, but the Vikings' defense has been better the last half of the season. The Green Bay Packers' defense is terrible, but Jordan Love is ascending. This is a weakness versus weakness and strength versus strength. I would say it's easier to overcome defensive weaknesses, but that might cancel out the Packers as this is a road game. I'm still going with the Packers, minus the woo. How dare you? Damn. All right, let's run down the card. Dallas, five and a half point favorite over the Lions. I'm going Dallas. Lions. Dallas. Cowboys. Baltimore, three and a half point favorite over the Dolphins. I'm going Baltimore. Ravens. Uh, wait, what are we doing? Uh, Dolphins. Dolphins. Buffalo, 12 and a half point favorite over New England. I've got the Patriots. I have the Bills. I also have the Bills. Patriots to cover. Chicago, two-and-a-half favorite over the Atlanta Falcons. Give me Chicago. I am liking the way Justin Fields is playing, actually, lately. Fields and the Bears. I'm going with Falcons. I don't know who that is. I got the Falcons. Houston, four-and-a-half favorite over the Titans. I'm going with Houston. I am going to go with my boy, D'Amico Ryan's Texans. I think the Texans are an easy pick here. I don't know who that is. Texans. Indianapolis, three-and-a-half point favorite over the Raiders. I'm going the Colts. Give me the Raiders. Colts. Colts. Jacksonville, six and a half point favorite over the Carolina Panthers. Give me the Jags. I am going with CJ Beathard and the Jaguars. I'm going with the Panthers. No Trevor Lawrence. I got the Panthers. Los Angeles Rams, four and a half point favorite over the New York Giants. Rams, easy. Uh, yeah, Rams have a lot to play for. They are going to kill them. Not so easy. Giants have some surprises. I'm going with the Giants. Ooh. Rams. Philadelphia, 10.5-point favorite over the Arizona Cardinals. I'm taking Arizona. I'm going with Arizona also. They are spunky, and the uh, Eagles look weak. Uh, I'm going with the Eagles. I think they're going to strengthen up this week. Yeah, Cardinals to cover. Tampa Bay, 2.5-point favorite over the Saints. I'm taking the Bucks. I've got the Bucks. They want this division. I'm reluctantly taking the Bucks. That's a lock for me. I got the Saints. San Francisco, 13.5-point favorite over the Commanders. I'm taking Washington. 49ers, baby. Commanders. Niners. Seattle, 3.5-point favorite over Pittsburgh. I'm taking the Steelers. Seahawks. Steelers. Steelers. Kansas City, 6.5-point favorite over the Bengals. I've got Cincy. I'm going with the Bengals also. Also, the Chiefs have uh, looked uh, defeatable. Chiefs. Chiefs. I made up a word. <laughs> Jarrett Stidham, three and a half point favorite over Easton Stick. I've got Stidham. Um, going with the, the dysfunctional Broncos over the more dysfunctional Chargers. Okay. Chargers. 
Yeah, I got the dysfunctional Chargers over the more dysfunctional Broncos. Oh, how dare you. And Minnesota, two and a half point favorite over Green Bay. I'm taking the Packers. Uh, Let's go Romeo Dubs. Woo, Packers! Sadly, I've got the Vikings. (laughs) The only Packers thing here. (laughs) And that's going to do it for this episode of the Winner's Guide to Losing Football Bets. It's coming up to New Year's. Everybody be responsible and be safe. And take care of your pets. And And fireworks. Get an Uber. Have them spayed or neutered?